Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Every Believer podcast. My name is Greg Gervais. I'm a senior pastor residing in Houston, Texas. We equip every believer to hear from God, to walk in his power, and to display the love of Jesus everywhere they go and inside the church as well. Join us as we journey to receive from many gifted voices that are powerful in this hour to equip you, to send you, and to awaken you to the glory of God so this world can see the Jesus that it was always meant to see. Join us as every believer becomes the army of God to turn things around all over the world. We'll see you soon. Hey guys, I'm so excited to interview Prophet Charlie Shamp today. We're talking about how to release the anointing. Super excited for this interview. He flows with the glory of God as divine encounters. Please like and share this, subscribe and share it with your friends so the whole body of Christ can hear from God and move in his power. Without further ado, we want to welcome you, uh, Prophet Charlie Shamp. Thank you for joining us today for the broadcast. Well, it's so great to be on with you, and we just know that God's going to move today. Well, and we know that God's moving right now in the spirit of revival, and we're just excited about it. Amen. Awesome. Well, we've been watching you from afar, and many people are super excited for this today, and they've been watching you, and they're like messaging, oh my gosh, I can't wait, I can't wait. Like I said, some people, even from our church, we just released in Mississippi. But if you wouldn't mind just introducing us to this amazing guy, Prophet Charlie Shamp, and just really kind of give us a window into maybe you in a small window into who you are, how you became, and then we'll go from there onto some maybe specific questions on how we can really pull out what God's doing through you and then see what he's doing in this world. Yeah. Well, again, it's great to be on with you. My name is Charlie Shamp, and I'm the founder of Destiny Encounters International, along with my wife, Bryn Shamp. We have a community in Moravian Falls where we pastor, we minister, and also travel internationally around the world, doing crusades and revival, speaking prophetically into nations, been traveling over 20 years. Started when I was 18 years old, grew up in the church, but got on fire when I was 18. Mm. Uh, began to travel the world and see the gospel of Jesus Christ really manifest in miracles and signs and wonders. The Spirit of God, ever since I was a kid, really when I was like around five years old, I began to have encounters with the Lord. But it wasn't until I was 18 that I began to understand the trajectory of my calling, the purpose of my destiny in the earth and what God had called me to do. And at 40 now, I believe that uh, God is starting to kind of unfold even more things that my wife and I are doing for Jesus. And we're just excited. We love God and believe in for this end time harvest to come in. And we know that this is the greatest hour of the church. Amen. We're grateful to be a part of it. That's amazing. That's awesome. If, if I don't mind, if I could, if you don't mind, I mean, if I could ask you just a few questions, but what in your mind, like you're, here's the journey of, you going from, you know, before Christ and then obviously to after Christ, like you said, you got on fire and then to where you really started to manifest the glory, like you really bring the anointing everywhere you go in such a tangible way. Was there a, would you say, was, was there a tipping place 
that you can remember? Was it an impartation? Was it a revelation? Was it uh, not, not saying there was repentance, but was there a shift that you can kind of put your finger on where it started right after here? Well, there is a couple different, I would like marks that I can look back in over the years where the Spirit of God began to really impart into my spirit some of the things and manifestations that we see in our meetings. I, I would say going all the way back to when I was 18, I had some really powerful encounters with the Lord, just with me and several of my friends. Some of them are in full-time ministry today. And I look back on that time and I know that that was really a, uh, a branding of the fire of God for revival. And so it's kind of hard for me to mold into any kind of organized religion because I was just birthed out of seeking God all night, fasting and praying. And me and my buddies, like we would just get together mm. on a Friday night and pray in a field start a fire, like a, you know, a natural fire, stay up all night and just pray and just cut my teeth on uh, men of God, like David Hogan, who Engel learned about fasting and praying and became in a sense radicalized to the gospel Hmm. when I started traveling overseas and began to minister on the continent of Africa. One of the first countries I went to was, was Uganda. And I got connected with a man by the name of Robert Kayanja, who has a large church in Kampala. And when you are 18 years old and you begin to see powerful miracles, cripples walking, the dead being raised, wow, miracle ministry of that sort, people falling out, trembling under the power. Come on. Uh, you become addicted to those things. You become addicted to not just talking about revival but wanting to be a carrier and a catalyst of revival. You want to not just read books and history about revival, but you want God to use you in that way. And so I started to seek God in that fashion because Mm -hmm. I realized that it wasn't just that God had used individuals throughout history, but it was in fact that God would use anybody that was willing to position themselves to have him touch them in a tangible way. And so it was like this pattern that you see continuously with people. And it wasn't anything like, oh, they came from a privileged family. You know, it wasn't, I noticed that. And I thought, well, you know, if God can use them, God will use me. And, And so I just began to put those different things that I saw into place. And so like fasting, reading the word, seeking God, in prayer for hours and hours and hours. I think I read one time that Catherine Kuhlman spent 12 hours in prayer. So I was like, okay, if she spent 12 hours and did what she did, well, then I'm going to spend 15 or 20, you know, 24 hours. Come on. Like, what can God do with me if I do that? Come on. It was always more than less if you, if you get it. So, so that was when I was 18. And then, you know, when I was 27, we launched destiny encounters. And, and began to travel all over the world, been to 50 nations. Wow. The gospel. Oh my, my wife is in Korea right now ministering. Come on. So we're, we're, we're just always going. 
and doing. And, you know, the Bible says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. And so we got, you know, started the ministry 27. And there was another pivotal point there where I had an encounter with an, an, an angel. And that kind of launched another kind of aspect of the ministry with signs and wonders and miracles. And I'm definitely not bashful or shy to tell people about, you know, radical manifestations of oil coming in people's hands during the, our meetings. Come on. Uh, gemstones manifesting, yeah. miracle money happening, all kinds of more, uh, you know, what we would call wonders. Bible talks about the word is terrace in Greek, which is something strange. Yeah. We've seen it, angel feathers coming, clouds of glory yeah. manifesting, yeah. people being drunk in the Holy Ghost for days. And so that's that happened off of the back of that angelic encounter. Okay, that's powerful. Now we have a we have a saying that we always say every believer. That means every every believer was supposed to be able to access this, walk in his power. And so our thrust in America is really to try to instrumentally equip believers how to enter in. And so I know that you enter in really through the glory of God. So is there any, not, it's not secret sauces, but is there any tips? I guess, you know, there's people watching us, they're growing, there's people in ministry, there's, we have a house church pastor, there's actually a house church training going on as we speak in a Zoom room with Rig Nation. But would you be able to kind of help someone, whether it's the average Joe or whether it's a maybe a pastor? Because we've seen pastors be in ministry and they don't see any glory. They don't see any power. And some of them just don't really know, I guess, some of the, the steps or maybe the mindset of how to expect God to break through in the secret place or positioning ourselves to receive on a greater level, even though they might be doing devotions. It's nothing like what maybe someone like you obviously would encounter. I understand it has to come with time, like you're saying, hours and hours and hours. But for every single person watching, would, you, would there be just a couple tips you would maybe unpack that would help people enter into that miraculous zone? Well, I would say, number one, this may seem very simple and elementary, but I spend hours praying in tongues. Okay. Praying in tongues, not praying in English, but literally praying in tongues. And in the past, I would pray in tongues until I couldn't pray in tongues any longer. Mm. And so that was one of the um, kind of things that the Lord showed me would open up a sensitivity to understand when the Spirit's moving. Okay, Because for me, it's not uh, just about ministering a message like getting my message like that I've written down like a sermon. Yeah. But the sermon is always leading to the manifestation in the meeting. And okay. so if the moment that I feel the wind of the spirit begin to blow blow in a certain direction, I go with the wind even if I haven't finished my points of my message because wow. the whole purpose for as far as I'm concerned is the manifestation of the message, not necessarily just the points of it. In so when I feel the shift in the room, then that's when I begin to go with what that what the wind is trying to bring. And every every meeting has a significant manifestation that the Lord is wanting to accomplish. That's so good. And so there's always like a there's always and there's always like one moment in the meeting that mm. if you catch it, 
then you'll ride the wave of the glory of God in that particular moment. And wow. so I'm always looking for that initial thrust and trying to catch that wave. And you can feel it. It's just like if you were on a surfboard out in the middle of the ocean and you feel the pulling of the top of that, of that wave back and you're looking to catch that. It, yeah. The more sensitive that you become to those moments, you feel it every time that it begins to come. come and on. so you just kind of position your spiritual board to catch that wave. That's and, incredible. And that's what you want to do. And then secondly, as far as my personal time, again, I pray quite a significant amount of time in tongues, but then I also meditate on scripture okay. for hours and quote wow. scripture. So for instance, I might take five hours and quote, you know, Romans chapter eight. If the self-same spirit that resurrected Jesus Christ from the dead lives in me, he'll quicken my mortal body or make my body come alive. Yeah. And so I'll quote that. I'll speak it out for hours. Or, you know, I might, like, I always have my Bible open and I'm always like looking for a scripture that I can just meditate on. So like I might take Acts 10.38, how God anointed Jesus Christ with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. I might take five hours and speak that. <laughs> That's awesome. Do nothing but other than just have wow. my eyes closed, lift my hands and say it over and over That's and cool. over and over and over again. And for those that are watching, I promise you, if you do that for even 30 minutes, yeah. The power of the logos will become rhema in your life. Come and on. What will happen is your sub, it will get so full, so your subconscious will become so full of the glory of God that when you go and minister, it'll just begin to flow out of you. Come on. Because you're living that. Because, because, you know, the anointing, if God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost, and he anointed him with power. That means I can be anointed with power and the Holy Ghost. That's it. Well, I'll just sit there and just meditate on that. You know, oh, the anointing is going to help me destroy yokes. The anointing is going to going to just destroy the enemy. Yeah. More anointing that I allow is good. And I'll and and I'll be thinking this, but I'm quoting that scripture. Wow. And so um, that that's the other kind of secret that I would say I've done over the years. Yeah, I really believe that that you really I, I think I saw the other day on your one of your videos there was a diamond actually manifest and and there was you actually someone there who is a gemstone expert validated it was a legitimate diamond. And this is so supernatural. I hope everyone can understand. Like we're so privileged to have you. I appreciate this. This is so phenomenal. So just in that light, you've given us a just a, a window into the glory. What do, what do you think right now in this season that we're in? Obviously. You know, you, you said that pre-window or pre-live and, you know, a lot of people, Apostle told me he's over Ring Nation, that he said that we're in a revival season, that March is going to be heavy with revival. But what could every single person, what should we be doing really to position ourselves? And this sounds so commercialized. So I don't mean it in just like, hey, give us, we want the, you know, the Whataburger menu on this. But what could every single person do or start to begin to wake up to arrange in our lives to tap into what do you think God is doing right now? Yeah, well, I think that revival can break out anywhere. It's just 
if we're hungry and we're thirsty for it. Mm-hmm. And God will give us the opportunity to begin to position ourselves. Wow. And there, there are those times where you will go into a meeting and you'll know the wind of God is blowing in a particular way. And you have to make the decision. And I think that this goes for all moves of God. You make the decision whether you're going to continue or not. Because I've had it where I've had incredible meetings and had the opportunity to just say, okay, that was a great weekend and move on. And then I've had it where I made the decision to continue and came back the next night and the next night and the next night and the next night. And when you do something like that, you begin to see momentum grow. Because the Bible says that where the spirit of unity is, God commands the blessing. Right. And it's like the oil that flows off the mountain. So there are realms of unity that you can hit. And as you hit those, um, there's an increase of the glory of God that begins to come. And then what will happen is when you get people unified, then others that step into that, they'll step into that unification. They come under that kind of that canopy of what's happening Mm -hmm. and they receive and reap the blessing of it. You know, I grew up kind of gleaning from the ministry of Kenneth Hagin and Brother Hagin used to say that some of his greatest meetings didn't even really kick off until like three weeks in. He said the notable, remarkable miracles never even happened until he was like three weeks in. And the reason was, is because that he needed to get everybody in that spirit of unity. And, and, and you know, Brother Shambach told me that CS Up to Grove both worked with A.A. Allen, and they hmm. told me the same thing. They said, the miracles that you see on YouTube or that you've seen in film footage of, of A.A. Allen, bl- healing the blind, you know, pulling people out of wheelchairs, those are typically 21 days into our revival campaigns. Those weren't like the first two or three days. Those were weeks into the meetings, and then the power of God began to break out. Now, we know, and I've seen it. I was just in Oklahoma two weeks ago. We had a one-night kind of explosion of revival, and it was more like a healing miracle crusade-type meeting. And we saw cripples walking. We had like five, four or five people that were on canes and, and crutches, and they were getting healed. They had tumors dissolving, demons coming out of people. So you can hit it on the first night, but I've also seen that weeks in to mm. meetings, you begin to see this momentum growing where mm. cancers start falling off of people and there's various types of, of miracles that manifest. And there's always a catalyst miracle that kind of sparks things and then you flow into it. But typically, you want to see the great stuff, you got to make room for it. You got to be ready for it. And you got to be willing to to go with it because, you know, revival hits, but your physical body's got to be ready for the uh, strain of going night after night. And that's really important. <laughs> that's the truth. There is strain, isn't there? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, you know, that you're saying this waiting thing. So, I mean, this is great. I love this, how you're saying this, because I I remember back now that you're saying this in Bible college, my friend and I would have like glory encounters and God would be waiting 
in our room almost like it's almost like he is looking for someone who would segregate special time and you just said like after a few weeks so maybe he's just waiting to see if people are serious or if we're just into the gimmicks of wanting a you know a, a little fantasy touch or whatever i mean is that what you would you kind of speak in on that would that would just be is it a time thing is it a loyalty thing like second chronicles 69 where he's actually trying to see and who's actually serious or or how, how would you define that yeah and i think the the, the devil knows too like when you're gonna quit wow <laughs> that's a power drop so when you're like come on the enemy knows that you you're kind of decided that oh, well i'm gonna wait five days and if that nothing changes then he'll just wait you out until you know what? and you're like well god didn't show up in five days you know so wow. then, then you just go back back to it it's kind of like the um when we're talking about revival, it's kind of it's kind of like raising the dead. You know, Lazarus was dead in the grave for four four days, and so Martha w- told Jesus, "said If you would have been here a few days earlier, we could have probably seen a resurrection." <laughs> and Jesus said to her, "If you only believe, you'll see the glory of God." So, you know, sometimes people think a thing is so dead that there's no there's no way for a resurrection. But if they believe, then they'll see the glory. So it's positioning yourself to believe despite what you're seeing. And sometimes the cloud is gathering. Hmm. We have to position ourselves for the rain. It's like Elijah sent out the servant. He went out seven times. He came back finally the last, the last moment and said, well, I see a cloud the size of a man's hand. And Elijah was like, well, that's all we really need. Now the whole country is going to be flooded. Yeah, that's literally what Elijah was saying, because the servant was like, all I see is a small little cloud the size of a man's hand. Well, that if you were to take that literally, that means that the guy saw a cloud that was no bigger than my hand right now. (laughs) And Elijah was was like, get ready. Wow. Get ready, because there's a downpour that is about to hit the entirety of the nation of Israel. So off of the cloud that was the size of his hand. And so not only that, but you got to recognize they're in the middle of a drought. They're in the middle of a drought for three and a half years. Come on. And the only thing that the guy is seeing is the cloud the size of a man's hand. And Elijah's like, it's about to break out. Come on. And so, you know, when you believe, then you're going to see. And even if it looks like small, even if it's just one person shaken out of the power or miracle of somebody's back, you know. Yeah. Um, I think that sometimes, if I can elaborate a little bit more on this, I, I think okay. that sometimes what we define as normal Christianity in charismatic and Pentecostal circles uh, is extraordinary to people that have never experienced it. And a lot of times, what I have found is and I asked God to send me to the places. God, send me to the places where nobody's going. <laughs> like literally send me to the places where nobody wants to go and send me to the places uh, where, where there hasn't been an oversaturation of charismatic Pentecostal uh, ministry. Because the moment that you step into those places, everything is fresh because they've never seen it before. Demons coming out of people. They're like, whoa, never seen yeah, this. And Jesus yeah. goes and he, he sees 
he walks in the synagogue and he starts casting out demons, which is really what? It's just the ministry of the believer. Casting out demons is just Mark 16, ministry yeah. of the believer. But yeah. everybody in, in, in the synagogue is, is flabbergasted by the manifestation of demons coming out. They're like, what is this new doctrine? They'd never seen it before. They'd never seen a man anointed with the Holy Ghost. And so I believe God's going to release catalysts in this hour to go into places where nobody's going. Like next yeah. month, we're going to Nepal to do a crusade. It's like 80% Buddhist Hindus <laughs> up in the middle of the Himalayan mountains. I'm taking like 40 people with me. What? And they've never, they're like, we can't wait. Like they have little churches there of like 25 people. But my crusade director's like, man, they've never seen anything. They've never seen They've never seen, you know, miracles. They've never seen wow. real heavy manifestations of the glory. Yeah. And they're like, they've been watching your videos and they're just can't wait for you to get here. Well, that's anticipation. And those are open air meetings. So just imagine Come on. people that are just, you know, there's an excitement there where there's hunger and thirst. God pours out his presence where there are people are like, oh, I've seen that before. We don't want to be where those people are at. I don't want to be there. I want to go to the places Say where that. nobody's going. Say and they're that. like, if a backache gets healed, they're wow. like, this is straight fire. And this <laughs> yes, is the glory of the Lord, you know? And sometimes in our, our circles, hopefully I'm not offending people, but I, it just happens. I hope um, you do. <laughs> but the thing is, is that like thankfulness is a key that everybody needs to understand is, is a key to outpouring. Because if you are thankful for the little thing that you see, then God will cause there to be a downpour. If you're thankful for God healing whatever, a headache, a backache, and you begin to celebrate it as if it's the resurrection of the dead, yes, Lord. then you are going to see something break out. Yes, and, 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 if, and, and I know with your, your guys and, and with our crew and the people that we're discipling, we're hanging around, everything is to create the atmosphere for the glory to break out. I mean, like last night we had, we had a meeting here. People laid out drunk in the Holy Ghost. I mean, literally screaming, running around the building. I mean, it's like, it's like total Holy Ghost chaos. And that's wow. because we're like, what are you want? What are you doing? Are you creating that atmosphere where God can move, where miracles can happen? Yeah. How are you helping to facilitate that? And, you know, the Bible says if two or three are gathered in my name, they're in the midst. So we get into God's name. We get into Christ. And we're excited about what Jesus is doing. We like shouting down. We like creating the atmosphere where the glory can come. That's so powerful. That, I love that. You've just given us so many keys to really enter it. I appreciate it. And Prophet Charlie, would you mind? We're just going to move into where I know that we want to respect your time. And this has been so amazing. I'm just feeling the Lord already. I actually earlier straight up, I was like, man, I feel the glory in this room. And my son's sitting right over here. We're in New York because we're scoping out some places for a revival meeting because we just feel it. Just before he prays for all of us, I just want you to position yourself and those re-watching, you can enter into this, this you know, impartation or however he feels led to say or, or to pray, however that is, uh, Prophet Charlie. But just as we do, that's the closing prayer or, or if you feel like you need to still say something. No, I, I'm just going to pray for people wherever you're at in your home right now. Just lift up your hands. 
whatever you need from heaven, whatever you need from God is readily available and accessible to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you for each and every person underneath the sound of my voice that the fire of God would begin to blow through their life. Father, that they would receive a fresh infillment of your power and your presence. Whatever they have need of, I pray that it would begin to manifest in Jesus' mighty name. For their marriage, for their finances, Father, let the fire of the Most High God begin to be their portion in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, we decree and declare Psalm 91 that the overshadowing of the Most High God, El Elyon, would begin to flood their life. Father, that the cloud the size of a man's hand would turn into a canopy of your glory for each and every person's family in Jesus' name mighty name. Father, we thank you for the power of the Holy Ghost in miracles. Father, for for people's physical bodies, those that have been under duress, ailments in the body, spirits that are harassing, hereditary curses. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, we rebuke it now. And Lord, I thank you for miracles. Lord, wherever there is pain, wherever there is torment, wherever there is demonic influence, we cast it out now in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, we release your power, your favor, and your glory upon each and every one. Father, we thank you that this is an unending season of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, that those that are hungry, those that are thirsty, those that are going after you would receive it in Jesus' name, in their houses, in their families, in their cities, in their ministries, in their churches. Lord, let it be, let it be an outpouring. Let it be filling. Let it be overflow, flood, a deluge of your glory. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Amen. That is super powerful. Thank you, Prophet. Charlie, I just love this so bad. I just sense uh, like literally physical oil or something pour, like gripping my hands. It's incredible. I'm, and everyone who knows we do these interviews, I've never said this. So it's like, like gloves of Jesus coming on my hands. It's incredible. Thank you so much for doing this. You have, uh, we want to have people just obviously put a banner up there to show where they can go to your website. I think we've been posting that the whole time, but as well, your, your uh, newest book really is that you would suggest is Altars, correct? You, you mentioned? Yeah, Altars is my latest book. This is Strategies for Your Victory in Spiritual Warfare. And this book isn't just about warfare, but it is more about creating altars, building spiritual altars over cities, over regions, so that revival can break out wow. and we can begin to see it in our individual lives as well as regionally. And so we put this book together, and I believe it'll be a great blessing to the audience as they can get together with their intercessor friends and people that they're in community with and go through the book, and they can learn how to activate the angelic, how to begin to build altars um, of righteousness in our region to see outpourings. 
Man, I just saw that as you said that it's like a blueprint for breakthrough. Like I just saw the vision of the from the Lord. It's like this is your vision of breakthrough for the moment. So I feel like that's just a our now word for the body of Christ to bring us to that next layer that He's trying to bring us to. So that's powerful. Please, guys, Matthew ten forty one says, "Honor a prophet, and you'll receive a prophet's reward." So we don't want to take this lightly. We don't want to be consumers. We don't want to just be people who are watching. We want to sow into Prophet Charlie's life. It is so hard, honestly, to be a man of God to be a prophet right now in this season, and you are maintaining your momentum, which is a miracle in itself, not backing down, even when, you know, when there's a whole lot of backlash. And so we want to really support him and his family, cover them, number one, in prayer. But number two, I want you to sow because prayer is good, but money really helps. So we want to sow in what he's doing. He's doing so many different things for Jesus, crusades all over the world, empowering the body of Christ. So please support him. Buy that book today. I promise you, if you can't afford it, reach out to us and we will purchase it for you. And that's uh, Greg at rignation.org. We want to really uh, forward the movement of God in his life and the revelation he has in your life. So thank you guys for joining. Please sow into destinyencounters.com slash partner. Please partner with this man. He holds the glory of God. And we want to see the next chapter. God has given us a prophet today. And that's for a reason to open the next season for every one of us. So love you guys. Please make sure to like and share this. Tell your friends about it. The Lord will show up even on the rewatch. Thank you.